San Diego State University failed to award $20 million in scholarships over the past decade, just as millennials and Generation Z are struggling with student loan debt. Campus officials say the cause was an outdated application system, making it difficult for students to find and apply for the awards. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Gary Robbins, you cover higher education for the Union Tribune, and you had a story earlier this week about how SDSU failed to award about $20 million in scholarships. How did this happen? There were a lot of reasons. Uh, The main reason seems to have been that they were working with outdated homegrown software, if you can believe that. So in Mm -hmm. other words, they had software that managed their uh, scholarships. Um, So the software would tell students what was available, and it would process it and try to get it to the right people. But it doesn't work very well. They simply haven't updated it. So that made it difficult for students to find scholarships or to get them processed. Uh, The university also hasn't been publicizing all of its um, scholarships. So it has about 1,100 named scholarships. And just in the course of time, that kind of slipped and, you know, it wasn't doing the kind of publicity and it wasn't conveying things in the way that young people want to receive them. Now, today's young people are so visually oriented, but um, when you go online to try to figure out what scholarships are even available, it's like this really dense, wordy, clunky, cumbersome system. And not a lot of people have patience and probably... It intimidates a lot of students who don't have a lot of um, financial knowledge when they're 17, 18 years old. Perhaps even, you know, it um, uh, flummoxes their parents as well. Mm -hmm. And also, one thing I've noticed is that the website itself of SDSU seems outdated. Yeah, it does. It does. And, it, you know, it... It's funny. I looked at several uh, several other CSU campuses, and I walked away thinking that about Cal State Fullerton and Cal State Long Beach, and even um, San Luis Obispo, which is a which is a science campus. We checked the UCs as well, uh, UC uh, Irvine and UC San Diego. Um, San Diego appears to do a better job of uh, distributing the money, but when you look at them, you you go, this shouldn't be this difficult, and mm-hmm. um, a lot of um, scholarships have not been updated. For example, I wouldn't come give you $10,000 for a scholarship to to train newspaper um, editors because that that field is dying. I certainly would give you $10,000 to do digital editors, Mm -hmm. which is growing. So it appears that San Diego State and other universities simply haven't modernized a lot of their um, scholarships. Mm -hmm. In other words, they didn't go back to the donors and say, can we change the criteria so it applies to a larger number of people and that the money is right? Um, We we got some internal documents from San Diego State. And that was how you found the story, correct? Yeah. Actually, a a professor tipped us off to this saying, were you aware that the university has a bad problem in a – in giving away money. In fact, we should clarify clarify that problem. Uh-huh. Uh, over the past decade, uh, they had about $63 million available for scholarships, mm-hmm. and they only gave away about $43 million. Um, so $20 million was left on the table. Uh, that was, they only distributed about 68%. The new president, um, Adela De La Torre, um, she came to office just about one year ago uh, next week. Um, she's jumped on this particular problem. This problem precedes her. How long do you think this has been a problem? Do people have a sense of how long it's been outdated? Well, we don't have data that goes back more than 10 years. Um, so I don't want to say with any def- – uh, I don't want to be def- definitive about it. But if you um, – what they told me was in the past, you know, you go into the year 2000, 2001 – 
if you wanted a, a scholarship at San Diego State, you went into an office and you sat down at a table with these big blue binders. They were all paper-based, right? Yeah, it was. This was all pre-internet stuff. And so you had to go want to go do it. It was in a central location. That, um, that, that by itself limited who would get to it. Um, but even when it went digital, one of the things that the, they did and other schools do is they'll say, well, you know, here's the scholarships we have. And then they'll say, but oh, by the way, you should check with your department because new ones can become available. So rather than having one repository, uh-huh. they also required students, uh, San Diego State still does this, to um, make an application for every scholarship that they, um, that they offer. So you have to have one after one after one. (laughs) And frankly, everybody admits that that's insane. They they are purchasing a new management system. And so this time, like, you know, if Daniel Wheaton walks in and he wants scholarships, you put in your information. They tell you, you know, you tell them who you are. And then the computer automatically matches you up with everything that is available. Mm -hmm. So it's something that takes, you know, seconds as opposed to this long, arduous process where people effectively gave up in many cases. And was there any one department or part of the university that was more affected by not giving out scholarships? Well, when we went through the paperwork to look to paperwork to look at where the problems were, we noticed that they were pretty uniform. It was across every college, so uh-huh. College of Arts and Letters, uh, in engineering, everywhere at the university, including unrelated departments that just happened to give money. What it feels like is that the university didn't just um, do good bookkeeping. In fact, recently they've been telling us that they're going back and they're culling their um, their uh, scholarship roles. So in other words, they're going back and making sure how many do they exactly have? How much money is in each account? Because they found as they went and looked back that a lot of accounts didn't have enough money for to have an effective scholarship. And that'd be the worst scenario in which someone says they had something and then the money isn't actually oh, there. Yeah. Or there wasn't enough money. Um, the thing that we found was that you know, with that $20 million, you could have done one of two things. You could have given scholarships to thousands of additional students, or you could have given larger scholarships to a great many students. Um, so it appears to be, in a sense, an electronic bookkeeping problem, but a negligence problem as well, where there was one other thing we were hearing that's something that you can't prove easily, but I had faculty actually telling me that they don't like to sit on the committees that review scholarships. They consider it to be like one more thing that they have to do. Um, so there's like frustrations on kind of everyone involved in this process, in right? The, yeah, throughout the entire university. But the only people who should be frustrated at this hour are the students who did not get money. And have you spoken to any students that have been frustrated by the system? Uh, I did not speak to any students. This was a hard one because it was impossible to know who didn't get a, a, fellow, a scholarship because this has all happened in the past and mm-hmm. there was no names attached to it. But when we published this story, there are a lot of comments placed on the digital story, which you can still read online. Um, and there were a bunch of comments where students were saying things like, well, thanks for nothing. There's a big danger here. We have the situation where people didn't get money. And what that does is says it says to a lot of donors, should I be giving money to this university or any other? Uh, are universities taking care of my money? If I give you money for a scholarship, are you actually spending it? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't know whether the university sends uh, documents to donors uh, to confirm that they, they found someone every year. But that seemed to be the thing that really jumped out at me. There, were, there was a lot of donor money that went unspent 
and the university is preparing for its next capital campaign in a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So they've got to get past this. They don't want to have a reputation as, as a university that takes money and then doesn't care for it in the right way. And is there a timeline for this new system? There is. Um, so there's a meeting this afternoon at San Diego State where they're trying to go, what can we do during the short term where, where, you, where we're using our existing system and whatever manpower we can bring uh, to try to reach more people? But they're going to install a system called the Blackbaud uh, Scholarship Management System. It's used mm-hmm. by 19 other CSU campuses. They're installing it. It will not be fully in place until March 2020. So you know, roughly almost a year from now. I don't know why that it takes so long. This problem was actually discovered in um, 2017. They began to look into it. They knew they had a problem. They knew it was a computer system. I think what probably happened here was that, um, you know, President De La Torre came in and saw it as well and said, wait a minute, we can't have that. She set a goal of giving away at least 90% of the money. Yeah. And she has been following up on it, and in, and, and including today when she was telling me that, she was essentially going to her deans to crack heads and say, let's get this done. Yeah, but so you're confident that at this next academic year, that number will be higher than we've seen? It began to go up a little bit this year under her. <clears throat> it went up to 76%, but um, we will go back and check. Uh-huh. So um, readers and parents who are watching to see if their kids get money should know that. We will be going back at intervals and seeing whether that figure is going up. And also, to what extent do you think that this story uh, harms the image of San Diego State University? If it's a one-off story, I don't think it has a tremendous impact. <clears throat> if it reflects something larger, where there are other instances in which the university hasn't been managing its money, then it could become a larger problem because they are turning to the community. You know, they're getting ready for another capital campaign. It may be a couple of years out, but they're doing the planning right now. They also will have to raise a lot of money mm-hmm. to build this stadium that they want to build in Mission Valley. Um, you know, stadiums never come in under budget. It's always costs more. So I've seen in university documents where they're saying we need more revenue streams. So it's, uh, it's for faculty, but it's also for the things that they're building. Mm-hmm. Um, if they get into a jam with the stadium, for example, you know, they, they, they want to uh, – to essentially borrow $250 million, <clears throat> knock down Qualcomm, clean the site, put up a new stadium, and then be gilding, begin building the other things like a research park and housing. Well, if they get a reputation for not handling money well, that could uh, make it more difficult for them to get donors to give them the money that they need to help pay for some of these things. So are they considering getting some kind of in-house auditor or someone who can be like an ombudsman for this problem? I don't know if they assign someone to that. They have auditing officials already at the university. Uh, they have to report, and um, the CSU system does audits of, of all of its campuses. Uh, and, and sometimes it pulls out certain things, and it, it looks at certain business operations. I went for back for about 10 years and looked at CSU audits, and what I found was there was not one major horrific problem. But I did see what seemed like a trend where there was sloppiness, where they were supposed to collect money in a certain way and, did, and didn't do it. Um, that, you know, it wasn't, and it did not appear to be acts of fraudulence. It just uh-huh. appeared to be sloppiness. Um, that comes with the management of a university. You know, you have to have good managers. I don't think that problem is probably any different than many, many schools in America, but I noticed it at San Diego State. 
And San Diego State seems to be at the beginning phase of a large transformation with SDSU West, a new president, trying to make sure that his students are better served. And it's kind of serving San Diego as the university of the city. It's only been about a year since this whole transformation started. From your perspective, how well is that going? So I'll have a better idea. I don't mean to dodge the question, but I'll have a better idea on Monday because we um, wrote and uh, submitted 12, 13 questions to President De La Torre. Mm-hmm. I talked to her uh, a little bit about them today, but we're really, we wanted them to sit down and think about it because we asked for very detailed answers. Uh-huh. Um, there could be a lot of change. So right now, if you're a parent and your child wants to go to San Diego State, you're going to be either accepted or not accepted based on a formula used by San Diego State mm-hmm. and the CSU system. Dr. Um, De La Torre is talking about a possible holistic approach. Are there other factors that you can keep in mind when you're deciding whether to accept someone or not? Um, so they're trying to get the best people. That means that, again, if you were the applicant, they wouldn't be just looking at your numbers. They might be looking at your community service, uh-huh. whether you were employed, if you had a family, how long you'd been working, a lot of factors. And something like this is factored into some uh, UC Cal- uh, University of California uh, admissions. Um, you know, I'm sure that the faculty is going to have a lot to say about that, but they should. Yes, and establishing those systems are hard. They're, you can easily oh, have Lord. institutionalized racism in that if you're not careful. Yes, you, you really can. Uh, it feels like what the university is doing is looking at every single thing. So, for example, San Diego State is a so-called Hispanic-serving institution. Mm-hmm. That means that um, a quarter of its students or more are Hispanic. But I did notice in some of the background papers that they're going back and re-examining how well they're serving those students. Yes. So perhaps they find that they're not doing it quite as well. They're having very bad problems uh, in hiring a diverse faculty. Mm -hmm. So San Diego State has over 800 faculty. The majority of them, by a big majority, are white. Um, The majority of those are white males. Um, Out of those 800, fewer than 30 are black. Um, they they keep saying that they're going to do better in recruiting. That can be very difficult. And, and, and in one reason, the housing prices in San Diego are so difficult, it makes it d- difficult for all the universities here to recruit. Mm-hmm, so faculty hiring is a problem. Getting better admissions is a problem. Raising money is, a, is an issue. Um, and the stadium project speaks to a lot of other things. You know, a lot of the love that the university has gotten over the years has come through athletics, and that's not different than what happens across America. Mm-hmm. And that's um, one thing that makes San Diego so much different yes, from, like, sure. other parts of the country. It does. And um, so the university knows that they need to get that stadium, but if they just did it as a stadium alone, they might have some trouble there. The fact that they've hooked it to other things like housing, retail, and uh, not an industrial park, but a so-called innovation district. In other words, build a campus down in Mission Valley that is actually different, that gives you more research capacity, that gives you the ability to handle more students. Right now, Maine... And it's also easier to sell when you have all of those elements, too. Oh, yeah, exactly. And other universities across the country are doing that. Georgia State University in Atlanta made big strides across the board by doing these sorts of things. Um, UNLV has been trying to do it as well. There's a lot of schools. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been the university has lost a lot of executives in the past year, and particularly in the last six months. Yes, some turnover at a university is normal. Whenever you have a new president, uh, we are aware that some of the deans that left, um, it was a difficult situation. They didn't uh, have particularly great uh, relations with the new president. It happens. It does happen. Um, but what must happen after that is. 
you have to watch to see who the new president appoints as the next deans. Are these people going to be as good? I think there's a very big question going on right now with the Fowler College of Business. So business programs can bring such fame and glory and money and prestige to colleges and universities. And the, the, the school that they have here has been very productive. It has helped build this city. But it is not um, highly ranked in, in most areas, which I actually found kind of surprising. And it takes a long time to establish the system that creates everything. So yeah. in these interim years, you're losing time and students. Yeah. The, so the dean of the, the Fowler School, Lance Nail, uh, resigned uh, within the past couple of weeks. He had been here less than two years. He um, resigned to take a position at the University of Texas at Rio Grande Valley. Now, that school probably isn't well-known to most people, so it leads us to ask why would he leave San Diego for that. Um, so there are problems at this hour in the College of Business, and that's that's a place where you don't want to have problems. So De La Torre is going to have to sort that out. Mm-hmm. All right. Gary Robbins, thank you so much. You're welcome. In other news, Kellen Winslow II will be retried on eight felony and misdemeanor counts, including charges of raping two women. This comes days after a jury convicted the former football player of rape, but was deadlocked on eight other charges. This caused a mistrial. For his convictions, he can get up to eight years in prison for the rape conviction and another year for the misdemeanors. He will also have to register as a sex offender. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. Our creative director is Beto Alvarez, and our digital editor is Ricky Young. Special editing help came from Enterprise Editor Mark Platt. This podcast comes together with support from our creative studio and journalists throughout the newsroom. You can support our journalism by signing up for any or all of our print and digital products at uniontrib.com slash subscribe. Until next time.